We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, two of them. And restore control. And now there's a new form of cyber matchmaking, college networking websites. Is this perhaps the next big thing? Same-sex couple soon be able to head to the altar. has conducted an operation that killed the British people have voted to leave the European Union. Once again, President of Russia. A major leap for mankind, said French President François Hollande. I am officially running. Politics can do for President of the United States, and we are going to make our country great again. We expect to see the number of cases the number of deaths and the number of affected countries climb even higher. Welcome back, folks, to another episode, a post-Christmas episode of 21st Century Christian. As you may or may not be aware, I took the week off last week, and so we didn't actually have a Christmas episode. I apologize for that, but I trust that you um, you had an, enjoy- an enjoyable uh, holiday experience if you want to call it that even though i know that things were um weird for many of us because of the covid restrictions Um, and most importantly i hope that you took time to reflect on the meaning of the incarnation and what it means for eternal god the second person of the trinity the pre-incarnate logos to become uh, a man to take on human flesh to become a child no less, to redeem his people, to save his people from their sins, to save rebels and God-haters and wretches like me um, from the pits of darkness. Um, We know that in Christ and in Christ alone there is hope and life and light. Um, With that being said, I thought that it would be just given the circumstances of, and, and with everything that's happening, I thought it would be relevant. Of course it's relevant, but it would be worthwhile to do an episode on, on COVID because I haven't really talked a whole lot about COVID in my podcast. And I know that might seem weird, but I guess maybe I thought that, you know, we hear about it in, in other in other areas and and stuff and and it's all over the news and social media and i i have no problem with that i mean it's important it's an important topic it's certainly relevant but um i haven't really dealt with it much and then I, and i guess i was thinking well you know what maybe i will uh deal with it and so i've entitled this episode revisiting covid why did i call it revisiting covid well um i mean lots has happened we know that things are always changing you know the the consensus is shifting and new <laughs> restrictions are put in place. New variants are discovered. It, it kind of goes back and forth. And and I just wanted to maybe try and, and come back to the topic or look at it maybe from, from a fresh perspective insofar as that's possible. Basically, just taking into consideration what has happened in the past little while and um, the changes that have happened, and maybe you know, 
questioned uh, any you know conclusions that we had previously drawn to see if those still hold or maybe you know consider the fact that perhaps we we've we've missed something altogether and we need to to reevaluate our positions on this um i think that it's fair to say that that what my view was on this issue you know two years ago or whatever it was 20 months it's it's definitely changed it's evolved for sure i know that a lot of people were very much dogmatic from the start and they you know they drew their line in the sand and they said this is what's happening and this is what we're going to do not going to do and i i was kind of just like i think i probably mentioned this before but I tried to be as careful as I could and just thinking this through and trying to understand it um, as best as I could without jumping to hasty conclusions. And I know that has definitely frustrated some people, especially uh, friends of mine and people I've talked with who, who are basically like, you know, Bryce, why can't you see the what's going on here? Like, don't you see that this is all about control and power and the government is um, not going to stop? That they've basically, you know, the, the precedent has been set and, you know, liberty and freedom is on the precipice. And, and basically that, you know, we have to basically take a stand and do something before it's too late, right? And, and by take a stand, I mean not following the restrictions or dissenting or expressing your grievances or complaining or writing your politicians. And I understand that. And I want to be on the right side of, of history as much as as anybody else. And you know, when I, 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 the way that I've been perceiving this is like, this is going to be one of those things. <laughs> that they, I mean, this, has been, this is a, a continual thing. Like, this is going to be going on for a while. We still don't have any idea the actual overall effects are going to be. We well, aside from the fact that we know that they're going to be negative, like economically speaking, this is this is like worst case scenario for most people. For a lot of people, I mean, if you're Amazon, I guess it's the best thing. So when there's crises or crises. Um, what happens is usually you have winners and losers, right? People come out of it on top and everyone else kind of gets um, dealt the, the, what's the, what's the, uh, what's the appropriate way of, of stating that phrase? The, the not so uh, unpleasant end of the stick, let's say, right? There's always winners and losers. Um, in that regard when it comes to things like this and what happens is especially with these sorts of things I mean I mean historians and and any sort of you know not just historians I'm thinking like just in general people are going to be talking about what happened and what went wrong and who's to blame and who didn't do what they should have done and, and all this stuff and that's why they talk about 2020 hindsight, right? Like, I mean, you look back, for example, just use World War II as an example. And I probably use World War II as an example too often. But, I mean, we look back at these these momentous events and these disasters and failures on either, um, either side. And you think, oh, how could they have been so stupid? Or how could they have done that? Or how come they didn't see that coming? And 
I mean, this is sort of similar, right? Like, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, and it's it's not always easy to make decisions because the decisions you make aren't going to be fully informed because you just don't have enough information about what's going on. And it's a very complex issue, and that's one of the things that struck me is is that this is a complex issue, and I guess a lot of people maybe think that I should see it as a much more simplistic issue. And I, I've, been, I've been hesitant to do that. But on the other hand, I see that there's a problem in, in basically getting lost in the confusion and, and then not doing anything or not taking a stand because um, because of your uncertainties or your doubts or, or what have you. So there needs to be obviously some sort of balance where you're like, okay, this is the information that we have. I have to do the best I can with the information that's before me. And from a biblical perspective, right, this is, this podcast is, I want to apply God's truth. I mean, we just too often underestimate the, the value of, of God's word. And as Christians, especially from a reformed perspective, I mean, we're committed to putting God's word at the forefront of our lives. Um, and we realize that this this event this pandemic this is god's doing um first and foremost you know there is some people that would probably take some sort of offense to that statement but uh, god causes the sun to shine the rain to fall he declares the beginning from the end the earth is his and the fullness thereof you know, he he brings light and darkness, um, prosperity as well as calamity. Isaiah 45, 7. He was one who brought the, the plagues upon the Egyptians. He is the one that drowned the, the world in Genesis. Um, you know, not, not a sparrow falls from the sky apart from his will. You know, the virus is, is a natural thing, and the natural world is under the sovereign care and direction of a supernatural God. Um, and so what I think we have to do is is say, okay, God, I, I don't have the bigger picture in mind here. I don't know that there's some sort of grand conspiracy going on with, you know, some sort of clandestine group who wants to control the world and and institute some new world order. I mean, I think there are those people out there. The World Economic Forum, for example, is kind of scary, but um, <laughs> actually, I don't know much about the World Economic Forum, but I, I watched one of their little promotional videos where they're basically talking about this, basically this global um, communist agenda. And this is legit stuff, guys. Like, you can look this up. Um, it's endorsed by all sorts of big players and big shots and politicians and advocates and you name it. And I was just thinking to myself, it's like a bunch of Bond villains got together and made a, a promotional video. Like, it's hard to believe that it's actually a real thing. But there are people who have lots of money and who also have a lot of unchristian um, intentions. And they are playing into the hands and into the schemes of the evil one, of course. Um, so I don't deny that either. Um but, but at the end of the day, God is sovereign, and we have to understand that what he does, he does for a purpose, and he does for a reason. We don't always know what that is, but I think that um, there is certainly some good that, that will come out of this, that has come out of this, that can come out of this. And I think we have to do our best, um, despite the circumstances, uh, to, to, to do what is pleasing to God. Um, 
and we have to sometimes we we don't always have all the information before we take that that step we want to be wise and we want to take scripture calls us to wisdom to walk in wisdom and so i think it's important that people have a grasp of the facts and have looked at things soberly and considered them deeply and not been you know black and white about an issue that is 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 complicated and and consider that they might be wrong about certain things but then not let that you know let that cause some sort of stagnancy where they just sort of don't take a side and they're you know kind of lukewarm i i mean that's sort of the fear that i have is like is have i been too lukewarm about this um But what I do know is that I want to get it right. And I, I, I do care about people. I, I care about those people who are sick, who have gotten COVID. Um, I, I don't think that the government should do nothing about COVID. I, I think that there is certainly a crisis in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, I understand that there's a real thing that's happening right now. And it's it's certainly hurting people. So... You know, I don't want to be ignorant of that. At the same time, I realize that what the government is doing with the restrictions and their implementations is, is also very harmful too. And I think that they have maybe exercised, not maybe, I think they have exercised more power than was, um, I mean, I was going to say than, than they have been given. But, I mean, I guess in a sense it was given to them at some point. I mean, I'm talking about in, in human terms here. I mean, we know that all authority comes from God ultimately, right? But, I mean, obviously they were able to, to do this, no problem. Like, I mean, really, when you think about it, like, when the government wants to do something, what are we going to do about it? Um, not much. Um, so, and I understand that, that people who are frightened about their liberties and their freedoms. And... And so in many ways, when I look back at, at the past few weeks, few months, it it seems that instead of becoming more simple, it, it gets more complicated. But at the same time, guys, i got to be honest, like another Christmas came by and, and I know I'm kind of rambling on here, but another Christmas came by and it was a weird Christmas and our family couldn't be together because um, people weren't vaccinated and my some of my family didn't want unvaccinated people to be in the household, even though they were vaccinated. And, and it's just, I just see fear. Like I just, I, people are so, so caught up in a psychological, um, effects of this. Like I was thinking to myself that People are, you know, whether they get COVID or not, they're suffering from it because this is all they think about. It's all they see. It's all they hear about. And, and I, you know, without downplaying COVID, but I, I think that their COVID that on CNN is worse than the COVID in reality. I ultimately think that. Um, I think there's more to the story that that that, that most people realize. Um, statistically speaking, now it just it seems it's it's just it's it's becoming clearer and clearer that the scientists who were so certain at the beginning of this 
you know, spoke prematurely about things. Like, there was a lot of things they obviously didn't know, they weren't certain about. Like, for example, the vaccine losing efficacy after six months. Like, I don't remember hearing about that at the start. I don't remember hearing about a third booster, a fourth booster. And now they're saying the study's coming out. I saw an article, I think it was New York Times, about studies in Israel saying that the fourth booster much must be might be harmful to immunity. And what happened to natural immunity? Is that not a is that not a thing? Like traditionally I thought that was a thing. And then you have basically the scientists or the experts they shut down everyone who disagrees with them or the politicians shut down everyone who disagrees with them because the politicians say that they're arguing um, based on the science and everyone else is just anti-science. And so we definitely see power plays going on here and lots of moving parts. Um, there, I mean, and this is why scripture is so helpful because here's the thing. Scripture gives us a clear portrait of human nature. Like, we know that people are not basically good. We know that uh, people have, you know, um, ulterior motives. That that people are um, sinful and wicked. And the heart is desperately wicked above all things. And we know that, that people... Um, don't always act with the other's best interests in mind or certainly not um, with the intent of honoring God or adhering to his word or um, submitting to, to his lordship. And I mean, what do you expect from a secular government? That's another thing that I've really come to the, if we want to get down to conclusions and say, okay, this is what we've actually learned. Well, one thing for certain is that um, it's kind of obvious, but we shouldn't expect a secular non-Christian government to put um, God first. To put Christ first. I mean, right now in Canada, for example, this government is crazy. Um, and the things that they're concerned with, while COVID is going on, um, and we, recently with this Bill C-4 that, that that came out to challenge biblical sexuality and therapy. Um, I mean, like, this is not, this government is not a friend of the church, right? Um, so the church shouldn't be surprised when the government does things that the church doesn't like. So that's first and foremost. So what do we do about that then? That's the question. Well, in a democracy, one thing you can do is lobby your government, and I know lots of people have, have tried that. I, I, I wrote a letter to Brian Pallister last year just because I felt, according to my conscience, it, it was the right thing to do. I didn't expect him to, to obviously um, agree with me or change his uh, implementations because of one letter, but I just felt that I should at least make my opinion known and my opinion was that I think churches are an essential service and they should be kept open um and of course that's gone back and forth so much now and I think people are just getting fed up with it right now like I mean how much longer can we just shut down churches or have all these restrictions placed on churches like Omicron is the new thing I don't know what's coming next like maybe there's another way to go about this right like I'm not saying we get rid of all measurements I know some people maybe would think that there should be no measures but I think there's just 
the way that the government works is my way or the highway. So they say that this is the way we got to do it. And you got to follow it and everyone just blindly follows it. But maybe there's another way. Maybe there's a better way. Oftentimes when it comes to the government, there's a third way. Um, and I, I don't think that uh, most people realize that. They just think that there's, you know, two options on the table. Uh, but there's maybe a third one. I don't know. But what we should prioritize as Christians is, or what we are prioritizing as Christians is obviously not going to be the thing that the world prioritizes. And that's another conclusion that I've come to as well. Like we shouldn't be surprised when our neighbors who aren't Christians are so zealously, fervently, radically in favor of maximum restrictions because they're scared. They're scared. And they also realize that they're their lives, I guess, like, I mean, this is all there is for them. Like, there's no sequel. Once they're dead, they're dead, and that's it. It's nothingness. And so they're just trying to hold on for dear life um, for as long as they can. But, I mean, at the other hand, if it's like, if this is all there is and you only live once, then, I mean, you might as well go out and have some fun instead of locking yourself in the room for the rest of your life. Like, um, now, others will say, well, they're doing it for the, the good of their, their neighbor, right? Even Christians will use this thinking, well, we have to follow the restrictions out of love for for our neighbor. Okay, but there there's, I get that. Like, if that's sincerely in your heart and on your conscience, that's a good thing. Because I think that, as Paul says in Romans 14, everyone should be convinced in their own mind. The only problem with what's going on now is that it's not a matter of conscience, what we're talking about is um, government coercion. Um, this is the difference between legal and illegal. So there, there's no <laughs> uh, room for conscientious objection. Conscientious. Oh man, I can't even talk tonight. You know what I'm talking about. There's no room for uh, ob objection according to, to conscience at all, as we've seen in the past. This is this like you gotta follow, you gotta toe the line. Um, but we, we, we look at the statistics also, and some of the stuff on there seems a little bit questionable. Like, So here's a couple of things. We know that a bunch of people are going into the hospital, or a bunch of people are getting COVID that are vaccinated, fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated means two doses, I guess, as of the moment, but soon it's going to mean three doses. Then who knows how long before fully vaccinated is four, is four doses. I don't know. But in, But in any case... Um, we know that lots of people who are vaccinated are getting COVID. Now, the whole argument was that, well, if you have, um, if you if you're vaccinated, you're far less likely to go to the ICU, and the symptoms won't be severe. And I, I get that; that makes sense. Like, I think the vaccine uh, does something. Um, I got two vax, I got two shots myself. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think people should have the choice, though. That's the issue I take. I don't think it should be a government enforced thing and I don't think we should be um discriminating against people that aren't vaccinated um but here's an interesting thing on the government website it says people who are not fully vaccinated are 26 times more likely to be admitted to the ICU 26 times more likely but then I look up at the graph above and it says that the ICU patients um who have who have zero doses, doses, ICU patients, 76%. Okay, so that's fairly high. Uh, two doses, 19%. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not a math guy. I don't 
Like, math is not my thing. But that does not seem like it's 26 times more likely. I don't know. That doesn't seem to check out to me. I'm not sure. But in any case, um, we know that people who are vaccinated are getting sick. Um, are they getting as sick? Um, no. But then you look at, for example, here we go. COVID-19 active ICU patients in Manitoba. Manitoba obviously is the province where I'm living in. Um, total ICU patients. So I don't know what the difference is, but there's active ICU patients and total ICU patients. Maybe active are those that have COVID. It's 25. I mean, there's a million and a half people roughly in this province. It's not that high. Like, I'm not trying to <laughs> undermine it, but I mean... We make it sound like there's just like a million people in the hospital or something. And that's what I'm talking about. Like when you think about the media and their effects. Like the media here has been so annoying and frustrating. And and like I have a close loved one, a close family member who watches CNN all day. And so she's always worried. And now the next thing is climate change. So it's one thing after the other. They just want you to be scared. Like it's kind of sick really um i think people should be wise people should exercise discretion people should exercise caution but i think there needs to be something needs to change here because we can't keep doing this we can't keep locking down we can't keep shutting down we can't keep fear-mongering um it's not healthy for anybody and for children too i mean trying to put masks on these little kids who have virtually no chance of getting covid or dying from covid is absolutely stupid like that's just psychotic um and i and pardon my french but um there's just obviously a lot going on here that's beyond the science like everyone just says follow the science well there's more than that here there's politics there's money there's power um and that's obvious um we, and we know that the human heart is is not pure um so what do we do then as 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 christians as the church well one thing we should definitely be doing is not living in fear we should be living in wisdom but not fear we know that god is in control we also know that this world is not all there is um, that there is a better world that we live in a fallen world and this fallen world is subject to calamity um, and to sickness as our bodies are subject to calamity and to sickness and we are to look forward to a brighter future, um, to a glorified body, to uh, a place, an eternal um, dwelling place where these things don't exist. And when the effects of, of sin have been totally abolished and done away with, right? So, and we can offer that to people too in their fear and say, this is a scary thing for you right now, but... Um, life is, is, is full of, of uncertainties and because of its fallenness, it's, it's full of, of, uh, of ailments. It's full of diseases. Um, this isn't the first sickness, great sickness to, to sweep over the land, nor will it be the last. Um, people have to face all sorts of things in this life. How are you going to face it? Um, how long can the fear sustain you? Fear can't sustain you. Christ can sustain you. Peace is available to you in Jesus Christ. The gospel is the message that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus has conquered the grave, that Jesus has conquered death. 
and and that's a message that people need to hear in order for people to hear that people need to preach it in order for people to preach it um they ha i mean i was going to say they have to have a a place to preach but that's and that's getting difficult now with churches being shut down and so um i think maybe we could leave that for another discussion as to what the church should do in terms of services on on, on sunday and preaching and stuff but we should remember too that we don't sharing the gospel isn't just a sunday morning thing it's something that we should be participating in regularly i know lots of faithful people who are doing this who are evangelizing and who are talking to people and sharing christ with people so that's important too also um this thing should remind us of our mortality and the fact that we don't know what tomorrow brings and this might be our last day and so we need to get right with god um so that's that's huge um Another thing we need to realize, too, is that people are alone in this. Like, there's people who are isolated and suffering, and they've been, like, isolated for two years now. Like, older people, for example, um, we've got to care for them and concern for them, especially those people in our church that... And there's people in your church who don't have many friends and who don't feel like they connect with other people in the church. And, and are you, you know, what what's going on with them? You need to talk to them. You need to reach out for them. You know, it's interesting in Galatians 6... Paul says this, he says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We're called to love our neighbor, to do good to all people, but especially the, the family of believers. So we need to be loving towards one another. Um, we don't, that doesn't mean we have to compromise on your, on your conscience and your convictions, but we do need to exercise patience. We need to, need to exercise grace and, and mercy. Um, but I think f for me, you know, this... Over and over again, I'm reminded of this, that going into this thing, this pandemic, my faith was not as strong as it could be or should be, and I need to take this time um, to consider my spiritual state and to draw closer to God. I think this is a testing period for a lot of us, and I, for one, want to come out of this better and more refined. Um, I want to be to have grown in my sanctification um, and in virtue and in character. This, I mean, this will hopefully make many of us stronger and the church stronger. And so we need to be confident in God's plan and God's care. Um, and we need, we need to pray. We need to pray diligently. We need to pray for one another. We need to pray for our government we need to pray um, that we ourselves as individuals as christians can do what is right and pleasing and honoring in the sight of god to further his kingdom and to give glory to his name you know that's our chief end our chief purpose to glorify god but also to enjoy him forever we can enjoy god in this we enjoy god in all sorts of storms and and in dark places where the light shines the brightest right the light of christ that's what we have the world doesn't have and we have jesus um and we we can get caught up in the politics we can get caught up in uh, the scientific data and all that stuff is is relevant and yet we can't lose sight of the bigger picture and that's what the world doesn't have they don't have a bigger picture this is it
Um, and so we got to think about how we can, um, how can we um, go about effectively engaging them with with the bigger picture. You know, part of that just is involves, you know, evangelizing gospel proclamation, but I think also just um, speaking to people in in love and telling them why you're not as afraid as they are, or why you're not as afraid as some other people are. Tell them about the hope that you have. Give a reason for the hope that you have, as Peter tells us to do, and do it with gentleness and respect. I think there's lots of good opportunities for us as Christians on an individual level, um, for us to really grow and to also bring, you know, God's word um, to more people and to minister um, to people as Christians. Um, and so in that way, I'm actually excited to see what God has in store for us. But uh, in any case, that um, I've gone a little bit over my, my time here. And so I just want to say I hope that you're doing okay. I hope that you're doing well. I don't know what you're going through, but I hope that you can turn to God, that you do turn to God, that you are turning to God, that you're praying to God, that you're communing with God, um, and that you're relying upon Him and trusting in Him. He is good. I, I, I'll uh, see you next week. I guess it will be a new year. So... Um, in that case, all the best and God bless.